Hey everybody, Daniel Evans here, your host on The Public Truth, joined again by my buddy and your friend, Thomas West. We come again from Queens Park, the 33-acre park in the center of the Queens Park community in northwest London. So glad you're joining with us again. Some of you may be um, quarantined voluntarily or involuntarily in your home. Others may be doing some errands, whatever you're doing. We're glad that you're joining us here. And we're so thankful to have this outlet, quite honestly, to communicate our own thoughts to one another and to you. So the, the public truth, when we started it a few months ago, has really wound up being a blessing to, to me and Thomas. But so glad, so glad you're joining us again today. We're, we're going to continue uh, what we started yesterday in considering the implications of the coronavirus on church and culture. We're, we're just going to drip a little bit at a, at a time because daily and even hourly information's changing. Um, we're, we're just going to look at the response today. We're, we're not going to look at the virus, not necessarily going to even look at the things that it's doing, but the response of humanity and human institutions back to the virus has, has actually been one of the big pieces of this that's made it what it is. So Thomas, what are a couple thoughts from you to get us kick-started on the response to the virus? Great start, Daniel. Yeah. I think people are trying to figure out exactly what it is, um, how fast it's spreading, how it's spreading, and trying to measure those responses to it. Um, interesting interesting effect with the long incubation period. It seems like um, the information we're responding to is probably a few days old, and um, the, really the, the unique thing here seems to be um, how, how advanced and progressed um, someone can be before they even show symptoms. That, 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 that actually makes for a situation where we have to respond much qu- more quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, what are, what are the different types of responses we're seeing? We're seeing individual uh, personal responses. Um, we're seeing communities respond in different ways, organizations, businesses, churches, um, they're responding. Uh, pretty much all of these look into uh, governments, um, both local and national, to try to figure out um, how, sh- how should we respond in our area. Response is uh, such an interesting word to really think about um, because it really has the idea that we're being acted on by some si- type of outside force. And what we were planning to do, we need to make some adjustments to. So even the very notion of response is an interesting thing uh, for me to think about. Um, maybe those are some categories: personal, organizational, national. What do you make of all? What do you make of it all, bro? Yeah, maybe starting on the lowest, the the personal responses. It's, I mean, Twitter and Facebook, the cesspool that is and are social media. Um, that, that's where a lot of the response that we're able to see is coming out. And it's ranging from hysteria and panic on one end to um, ignorance, maybe, on another end, a, uh, a passivity to even acknowledge that what's going around is actually going on around, um, and, and then everything in between. So, uh, so that's worked itself out into... Um, supermarkets being emptied 
of bread. I went to get some bread this morning. Couldn't, couldn't find it in the supermarket. Um, it's working itself out into people panicking and showing certain um, manifestations of selfishness. Um, think about this. The Aldi grocery store right by my house they actually had a, a truck come in to restock their shelves overnight last night and I saw a video that they had seven police cars on each side of the truck lights on sirens going blocking off traffic so that the truck could stop and load everything in without anybody coming and knocking it off so um Responses have been crazy. Uh, I think there was one from Georgia in the States where somebody stabbed another guy in a supermarket checkout line. So it, it is interesting, man, when, when we see humanity's response, not as a whole, certainly some individuals don't mean the whole is, is at fault, but it's interesting when put under pressure, under stress, um, to see what comes out. Uh, maybe that's why we love sports so much. We like seeing the tense situations and, and how, how somebody can focus or even how somebody flops. Uh, in real life, it seems like we're seeing that around us. Some beautiful, wonderful stories of selflessness, people taking care of their elderly neighbors, giving rides to people even though they know that it's exposing them potentially to the virus. And then on the other end, you've got these really terrible reactions to it as well, spanning from healthy, wonderful response to panic and selfishness. So uh, that's on the personal level. Um, institutions are responding to this as well. What, what do you make of the way institutions are responding? Well said, man. You know, institutions seem to be responding in, in different ways as, the, as they have just different sets of information to work with. Uh, we know uh, a few people here that were actually put on, here in London, that were actually just put on teams, red team and blue team, working different shifts, redu- reducing the number of people that actually show up to the organization, lower number of uh, potential contagions and contaminants, cleaning as the team switch off, protects the organization. Others actually setting up apparatus for people to work from home or, or work remote. Um, I think it was, it was one company set everyone home for four days for a deep cleaning to take place. Uh, another one actually just sent home a lot of uh, the employees um, just to almost quarantine them in case the rest of the company got hit and then they could actually switch out some banks over in Canary Wharf seem to be on that strategy. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I guess it's all over the place in terms of uh, how they were responding. Maybe we just even take it to national then. Um, different countries trying to, um, trying to, I mean, actually just responding to the information in different ways. Um, some going with more of a um, isolate technique, trying to just prevent people from coming into contact with it. Others, uh, like the UK, seems to be trying for more, initially trying for more of a herd immunity strategy, and even that is needed to, to shift. I think the national response is probably the biggest category. Um, Daniel, anything on your minds when it comes to the national responses? Yeah, I think you and I have both... <laughs> Uh, amused in this situation is probably not the best use of word, but it is amusing to see over the last month as as this thing has grown globally, uh, we've seen people be able to make basically non-response responses. 
So companies will send out an email or make a statement that says, we know the coronavirus is a thing. We're, we're closely monitoring the situation. Please pay attention to your national uh, governments, the World Health Organization or the CDC or whatever. Um, and it's like, well, you didn't tell me anything. So it's this need for everybody who wants to respond. They feel like they need to respond, but at the same time, they're not actually giving you any information. Um, the other thing I've been interested in is, we already said it, but how quickly things change. A response from yesterday is no longer valid today in new response because there's new data that requires new response with the information given. Um, the, the airline industry is making responses to what national governments are doing. Um, it, it, it really is just a knock-on, knock-on, knock-on thing. Schools here institutionally are, are responding to what the government to how the government is responding. So it's it's a response to a virus, even a social response to a virus that, that knocks its way downhill, different institutions all the way down, all the way down to the family unit. We're figuring out what, what's a healthy response. Our, our kids' school is not yet closed, although it seems like it's coming. But some parents have just decided to respond by keeping their kids home. And they're getting that from the information that the government or the... NHS, National National Health Service, is is giving them. So it, it's a knock-on response to a response to a response. And uh, I think what I'm gleaning in all this is I'm not going to let my response be based on Twitter, some uncertified um, random dude posting any information that he may have or may not have. And uh, I've even found in my own heart's response. Um, I can get anxious if I scroll through one thing, see one guy say one thing. He's not an expert, just a dude. And uh, it's just a response to a response, even in my own heart. So I've, I've even disciplined myself over the last two days to, to stay off it a little bit more. But that's me, human, individual response, socially, as a group, how we're responding uh, even institutions and, and all the way up to national governments. What What is the response to this thing? How about this one, man? Um, to <laughs> Without a nice segue, I'll just say it. Looking at responses, how might the Christian respond to the question of where is God in all this? Speaking of responses, people are dying. It's ravaging uh, its way across the globe. Um, where is God in all this? What, what would the response to that be? I think it's a really great question. Where is God in the midst of of the coronavirus pandemic? It's a massive question. Probably takes a couple of different episodes to to fully unpack it. So let's not try to do that right now. Let's try to fly it really, really high and try to get a big picture of the answer. The Bible actually gives us a framework for understanding um, questions such as these. 
The Bible is a story, the true story of the whole world that we believe is public truth for the whole world. It tells of a loving God that existed for eternity past, and this loving God decided to create man in his own image, in his own um, likeness, to be his representatives or his uh, vice regents to rule over his good creation with him. So much more is going on, but that much is at least there and clear. God desires relationship with his people. And the initial setup was one of shalom, was one of mutual and universal flourishing. Not simply the absence of war, but better than that, the presence of peace. God's original image bearers created in his image and likeness for relationship with him. They actually had a choice. Will we obey God's word concerning reality in the world, or will we try to go at this alone? And the first few pages of the Bible actually tell us what happened right there. The people that were made in God's image, made to be the the co-rulers over creation with God, um, they actually disobeyed God. and They broke the relationship that God enjoyed with his people. And through that disobedience, through that fracturing of relationship, uh, the biblical word for it is sin, missing the mark. God says this is the standard, and they they missed the standard. They they chose their own interpretation of reality. Through that, the, 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 the tether or the lifeline between the creator and the creation was fractured. And with that, nothing really works the way that it was intended to work. Because man has chosen to distance himself from the creator. And all those relationships that are present in creation that are originally marked by universal flourishing, it's shalom, it's peace, everything's working. Well, now we have fractures running throughout. Man's relationship with God, obviously fractured. Man's relationship with him, him, himself, herself, obviously fractured. Humanity's relationship with the created world actually suffers a fracture as well. We would go as far as to say um, the way that um, man interacts on, on all fronts quite simply doesn't work the way it was meant to be. And we would understand the coronavirus and really all sorts of natural disasters, but even these more personal acts, they, they actually have a taproot and it goes all the way down it's when humanity's ultimately chosen life without God. So what about all the other questions? Like, did God send the coronavirus on humanity to, like, judge humanity? I don't think so. Is, is God, like, making people pay through this? I don't think so. Is this an outworking of what it is to choose life without God, to try to go at it on your own? I think so. There's hope. God doesn't leave creation in this condition. He looks at the creation and he sends Jesus to the world in love. Jesus comes to provide light in place of the darkness that humanity chooses for themselves. Jesus comes to provide life in the place of death that we choose apart from God. Jesus comes to provide Love in the place of disintegration and disorientation that we choose in trying to go at it without the Creator. Massive biblical themes here. 
But essentially, it's what we're looking forward to celebrating. Many of us in different ways on Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday in these next two weeks when the Creator came into the creation, loved the creation, showed and told creation who God is and what God is like. And then He willingly laid down His life for the sake of the world. That salvation that Jesus offers is a cosmic salvation. Of course, right there at the blazing center is God's concern for his own glory and showing his character to the world. Closely connected to that are the benefits that humanity receives in a relationship and a right standing with God. But make no mistake about it. Part of what Jesus was accomplishing when he went to the cross to lovingly give himself for the sake of the world was actually a cosmic restoration of all things. This might be not uh, the way it was meant to be, but we have a lot of hope that God has promised to work in all situations, even the evil, to turn it out for his good. It's kind of the business that he's in. He's in the renewal business. He's in the restoration business. And we here at Redeemer, one of our favorite words, he is in the business of redemption, of buying back making whole, making beautiful. So where is God in the coronavirus? The Bible really doesn't answer all the questions the way that we would phrase them, but it answers the questions we really need answered. When we look to God and we ask, where are you or where were you? God actually presents us the Easter story, the picture of God himself, Jesus Christ, willfully going to a cross to die for the sins of the world. There we can look to God and we can actually hear a very clear response. I know, me too. The Christian God is the only God that chooses to enter into the creation to take care of the ultimate pain and the ultimate issue within that creation. In place of the life that he gives us, taking on the death. In place of the love that we forsake, actually giving it to us and absorbing our disintegration and our disorientation. He actually makes things new. That's what we've experienced. It's actually why we're in London. He's made all the difference for us, and he's made all the difference for this growing team of people. Now we have this unique opportunity to actually show and tell a hurting world and community who he is and what he's like. Daniel, I kind of went right there. Apologies for that. We have spent a lot of time talking about these very themes um, of, of them, is there anything that you would come in to, to elaborate on or accentuate as we uh, bring this episode to a close? No, man, I, I wouldn't add anything. I'll, I'll, I'll land it with what you, uh, what you finished on, that in Jesus there actually is hope. And, uh, and we, we can see the response of all these different people and institutions. We, we can even respond to where is God in all this. Um, but, but the response of the human heart can be a hopeful one and one that's at peace and one that has security even when the stuff around it is insecure and it's because of what Jesus has done and we can get into that in future episodes. So thank you for joining us. We're so thankful that you're along this journey with us even, even in crazy times, especially in crazy times. So follow us on uh, different social medias at The Public Truth. You can find out more about what we're doing on the web at www.thepublictruth.co.uk. 
Thomas and I are off to prepare for some virtual meetings that we have coming up, and you'll be able to link to those through the social media as well. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe, share with your friends, and and we'll see you real soon on The Public Truth. Thank you.